0: This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue, followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. (sighs) Sprite. Thirst for yours. guys, this episode of Life is Dope is brought to you by Megafauna. Uh, Megafauna is a creative supply located at 31st and Blake in the Rhino Art District in Denver, Colorado. For a full list of design, print, and creative services, they're available at artperil.com. That is artperil.com. The set curator for Life is Dope is Duncan Dash Designs. For all of your interior design and art curator needs, visit duncandash.com. Catering and beverage is sponsored by Barrels Beer Company, located in the Rhino Art District, Barrels is a true small batch brewer located at 3120 Blake Street. Check him out at BarrelsBeerCo.com. Drink up. Also, shout out to The Sessions. They're an affiliate media partner that produces a live music event bi-monthly as a platform for independent musicians and artists. Check him out at The Sessions Uncut on Facebook. Hell
1: yeah. Nigga. Nigga, that was official. So Hold up, Clap it up for that. <laughs> Give him a clap for y'all.
0: Yeah. it up. Oh.
1: Life is Dope Podcast, I'm your man Graffiti
0: Good morning,
1: it is Davy, or is it afternoon? I don't know Whatever it is, what's up brother? How's it's lit, on? I'm great You good? You good? How you doing? Hey man, I'm wanna t- talk about it? I- I'm tired bro Why you tired man? Cause yeah. I added to my hella kid collection Hey,
0: <laughs> congratulations hey.
1: So I'm fresh out the hospital, literally, but we had to get it in man So this is a mad special We're actually on location at Regis University right now Shout out to Regis, this one's free <laughs> um, <laughs> we are at the Proximity Music Conference, and we got my man Adrian Swish in the building. I'll make some what noise up, for Adrian. Fellas. Hey, hey, hey! How you feeling, bro?
2: I'm good, man. Blessed hey. to be here.
1: For the people that do not know, just let them know who you are, what you do.
2: I am Adrian Swish. I do management, PR, and R at the Alumni Music Group. Flex and Swish Management.
1: Flex. Word, word, word. Swish Management. Yeah. What's the way. website?
2: AdrianSwish.com
1: Doing crazy good over there What's that? A music blog?
2: It's, 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 it's a music blog Just more of an urban entertainment okay. website um, We post a lot of independent artists We post podcasts Which our podcast section is, is really popular um, right. We just like to support Just dope urban nice. entertainment
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah So artist management um, A lot of people might know you as Kid Ink's manager I uh, am, what I am situation? okay,
2: so I'm on Kid, Kid Ink's management team, okay. but I guess my role during that period was um, PR, you know, mm-hmm. um, outside of that, DJ Ill is the general manager, he was discovered by Illwill. Will, um, and I was just more of a key component to steroids, you know what I'm saying, to help right. with the overall vision, um, yeah. Dope,
1: dope, 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 how did that, how did you even get into that position?
2: Um, so basically I was, uh, working with, an independent music producer at mm. the time from Colorado Springs. Okay. Um,
1: who's that? Uh, not doing that? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not a hater.
2: I'll say his name. Cashman okay. Royale. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, at the time he was doing crazy numbers on SoundClick. Um, Damn before man. I even worked with him, they said he was doing like maybe like a thousand, two thousand $2,000 a month just by putting beats. Online And at the time, I was like, yeah, right. They're hustling. Niggas is doing something. Yeah, yeah. So, but we sat down and had a business meeting, and they opened up the QuickBooks and the back end of the SoundClick. I was like, there's real money here. So, wow. that's a new yeah, wave.
1: That way. Damn, SoundClick was popping
2: around everywhere. SoundClick time. was popping. And so, being in Colorado, I'm like, how can I reach out to other motherfuckers that's outside of the city Right. to get this producer's beats on all these other mixtapes and different platforms so I was researching new music every single day um, DJ Ill Will kept coming up with Hot New Hip Hop his tags was on everything mm-hmm. at the time he was doing like all the Young Money mixtapes um, a, a lot of different shit going on, on the west coast right. and Hot New Hip Hop was an emerging blog site at the time so I said hey I got this producer We're from Colorado Springs um, how can we get these beats on some of your big mixtapes We'll right. give them to you for free. In exchange, we just want the production credit on all the marketing. That's it. Nice. So he hit me back. I was kind of happy, and I didn't expect a response. Yeah. So uh, he said, bet, send me your best 10 beats. If I fuck with them, I'm going to hit you back. If not, if I don't hit you back, you know what it is. Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, Straight like that. I respect that. And then I got kind of hype. I was like, oh, so – what do you want me to do then? And he was like, research the artist and then figure it out. Right. And I said, say no more. So, he hits me back like, probably like a week and a half, two weeks later, he's like, I'm doing something with Soldier Boy. Send me some shit for Soldier Boy. Mm. I said, bet. Listen to all this shit. I just grabbed some of the more youthful sounding productions in Cashmere's catalog. Right. And sent probably about 15 to 20 beats. And he was like, yo, these are fire. Send some more. Okay. And so um, the next day, Soldier Boy picked, like, six of them. He already cut to him. So I was like, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then he was like, uh, who else was it? Oh, I got this. Uh, I'm working with this new artist from Pittsburgh named Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ill Will, him and DJ Ill did a song called The Statement. And there's a video on, on YouTube or whatever. And they started working early. And that's before The Cushion OJ came out. He was like, it's this new Rapper from Pittsburgh. I need some shit for him, but he's not a traditional style rapper. Yeah. So you really have to like do your research. Right. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, and he had that um, I don't know, some like obscure pop song that he kind of remixed.
1: Yeah, he had that. Uh, uh, say yeah.
2: Say yeah. Say yeah. Dun, that dun, shit.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, so I was, was like, the yeah.
2: and I was early with the pop influence. I feel like so. Yeah. I just went to some of those crazy beats that he had and. I sent some shit over there and um, Ill Will hit me and was like, yo, Wiz is on YouTube going through the beats that we sent him. Mm. And so, shit, I want. He was on Ustream and I was early with Ustream, so I went to the crib, got online watching it and shit. Yeah. That nigga pressed play on one of the beats and then it was the, uh, the number four, We're Done. He ended up creating a song to one of the beats. Wow. And it was with a pop sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that ended up being, I guess, from what I hear, is one of the popular songs from that project. Mm. And I feel like. That was the moment when Ill Will was like, hey, you got an ear. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I want to start fucking with you. So um, he had an artist. He was like, I got this new kid named Kid Ink. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Send me some shit that's not on the internet. And we'll go from there. So uh, I sent some more beats. And some of his first songs that he came out as artists artist were from those beats. Run this, please. Yeah. Um, and that's when the relationship started at the, around that time. I was still in Denver. I was, uh, I was working with Brett Barup and Mike Downey doing the promotions and mm-hmm. Brett Barup on a, a personal assistant. He works with the nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but working with him also helped integrate me as far as networking with other people in the entertainment industry. When they would come into town, right. I would leverage my platform, you know what I'm saying? Just to get that meeting or shake that hand. Right. And so, I just kept a journal of everyone across the fucking U.S. that I met yeah. and just made sure every month that I'm at least looking at this list to see if there's some play I can make.
0: Right, and that's good a good, in that network. Brand. So that's a good point that you bring up. I mean, you, um, everyone wants to be a rapper. Everyone wants to be a producer or a singer or the talent. But really, there, there seems to be a business in being able to, being that person to connect the artist with other people. I mean, it, I mean and you seem to be doing well for yourself. Is, is, there, is there a business... In music besides just being the talent
2: itself. Yeah, I mean, shit, working with DJ Will doing the mixtapes, I felt like he was one of the biggest in the game, like as far as transitioning the traditional mixtapes out of the back of the trunk to the online distribution. So um, he was an early adopter for Dat Piff and uh, early sites like that. But um, hosting the mixtapes is more of a marketing vehicle to bring all the components together. So... A, you can stay ahead of the pulse on all the new talent that's coming, and B, you get your A and R skills up by putting the producer and the artist together and actually coming out with songs and getting the results. So, he said after Kidding got signed, he's like, "I'm not, I'm not doing no more blog shit, no more." So, right? Um, no, that's right. And he was like, <laughs> he told me yeah, he was like, "You should do it." You know what I'm saying? Maybe you should do it. And I never thought about being a mixtape DJ and shit. I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah you know what I'm saying and I picked it up and mm-hmm. I just used that as like obviously I make money uh independently selling services to artists but um you can you can monetize anything really like if you I'd say it's more of a consulting thing but okay. to me the mixtapes is more of a marketing tool mm-hmm. and I guess some people don't see it as a traditional platform yeah but it just depends on how you look at it. The new landscape for the music is, is different now, so you can't really say if it's this or that, you know? Right, right, right. It's everyone's interpretation, individual interpretation.
1: Speaking of that, how has the game changed for you personally with this whole transition into, like, streaming and all that? Because um, before it was, you know, go on Dat Piff, get
2: all that for the yeah. exclusive.
1: Now you just press a button on Apple Music, boom. Well,
2: that transition was weird because we were just promoting, like, oh, get on that Piff, just let the song get to as many places as it can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Free download, free download, free download. But once they figured out that streaming, there's real value there, it, it kind of messed up the, the thought process for me as far as releasing music. Mm. So um, once I got educated enough on the value of streaming and that you can get paid, um, it, you don't have to buy the song per se. You just have to play it, shit right, right, right. on Spotify. Yeah. That's a bag. So if that's the logic, why aren't artists putting out more music? You know what I'm saying? Right. Because if you can, the more music you put out, the more chances you have to increase your money. So if you're not putting out music consistently, then you're not going to create a profile online on the back end with all these platforms. Right. So, so, so. Um, but it, as basic as that sounds, most people don't do that.
1: Yeah. I think artists fall into this space where it's like, I got to put out a full project. And rock with that how how important is that nowadays because like you said just to constantly put out music you see people going platinum off just a single with no album nowhere in sight
2: and and I mean that's, that's good because obviously it's a singles driven market now but in my opinion I feel like the mixtape or the EP or the album is your resume mm. so if if you're an artist where's your resume you know what I'm saying if you're right. dope where can I find it at and your mixtapes would be each chapter per se mm. you know and so if, if the regular mixtape, if, if just making the songs is the scrimmage, the mixtapes is the practice, yeah. the album is the finals. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Okay. But, but now an album is like an EP. Yeah. But it's like if you put it out, if you put out a song for sale, that's I'd say 8 to 12 songs, it's an album so it's just a play on words you know what i'm saying and people like they get caught up like oh i don't want to put on itunes because it's not an album it's like well you're shooting yourself in the ass because (laughs) you're caught up on a word right when it's it doesn't matter it's just up there and if a major label likes you he's going to sign you he don't care if you had three albums out before yeah it doesn't matter it's all about the growth okay
0: gang gang so what's your uh, relationship with kid ink now
2: um, shit. I mean just more of a support role, like on a team, Kidding's blossoming his wings, eleven million records sold. Mm. Um yeah. Flex. Yeah. I fell into more of a um my company switch management mm-hmm. as far as um working with A D, my cousin Iceware Vezo from Detroit, Raji the One. Um also had another artist, King Vory, yeah. for a little bit. He co wrote Dump with Bryson Tiller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um we got him a publishing deal at BMG. <clears throat> Things didn't work out on that end, but still another notch, you know what I'm saying, as far as success and helping a young man achieve his dreams.
1: Definitely. Um shout out to all those artists, especially my man AD. Um you got a, a unique ear for the talent you work with. Um so say I'm a I'm a up and coming artist and I want to just get in the game and I want to holler at Adrian Swish. what's that process like? How
2: do they even I mean, find them? Well, it it depends. It's just, it's all different areas, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I, I listen if people tell me about something I'll check it out or if they email me I'll check it out you know what I'm saying I'll get my phone number out too but it's just all about how, how you get hit up yeah. most niggas are sloppy about their business you know what I'm saying facts. they're just saying just something basically like yo what's good like come on bro you know <laughs> right you know what I'm saying <laughs> but even even my approach when I'm networking with people I get a, a solid contact what am I going to say and that text message, you know what I'm saying? Because you only get really one shot yeah. where people judge you. Like, all right, this nigga's going to be annoying. This guy's cool. Right. So it's like I've myself just to think about how to say the most smartest shit in such a small space. And people are real in the industry. So it's like if they don't see the bullshit, yeah, they're going to fuck with you. But right. if there's bullshit, they'll sim- sniff it out. Mm. Thanks.
0: Okay. So I think it's, it's debate time for me. Uh-oh, let's do it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think that Kid Ink gets enough credit for, I, I think, starting this wave of melodic rap mm. that everybody's kind of on now. Like Break the, that down a little the, the sing rap. Okay. You like think Kid The is? sing rap. <laughs> I don't think that there would have been a lane for, like, you know, your little Uzi Verts uh, for your
2: the, – The melodies, basically yeah. the melodies. Yeah.
0: I, I think he was kind of the, the pioneer of that. I don't know if anyone was doing that before him. I got to disagree. I feel like Wiz Khalifa
1: doesn't get enough credit for starting damn near a whole era of artists. You know what I mean? I feel like the Uzis and all them, they transcend from the Wizzes and the Wayne's. Wayne gets the credit, right. but Wiz is like the godfather, stoner type. And I ain't talking about like Snoop. We know Snoop smokes, but Snoop was gangster rap. Wiz's whole era was that pop vibe, that sm- that smoker vibe. I think the Kid Inks and the, all them came from that. What do you think?
2: Uh... I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I feel like Wiz Khalifa came out before Kid Ink. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And he was a bigger name before Kid Ink was. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It's debatable. But Kid Ink on an underground level, yeah. he had big projects out the gate with big features. True. So um, I think Kid Ink is a very melodic artist. And he's very good at uh, catching melodies and creating big hooks. Definitely. Radio
0: hits. And I think that... I think that even though Wiz was out first, I don't know if he was doing that yet. Not until, like, yeah. Black and Yellow.
2: I agree. and But even after Black and Yellow, I feel like his sound still changed. You know what I'm saying? It was more, like, in my opinion, made for performances because he's one of the biggest touring artists in the game right now. So yeah. I felt like some of his music turned to more performance-based right. and it didn't really connect on, on, not radio, but in your own playlist, per se. That's know? true, because
1: I feel like Wiz became a bigger artist overall as far as mainstream star, but the music started to disconnect. Like you said, like, people wasn't really checking for Wiz like that, but you're going to go to a festival to see him. Yeah, and weird.
2: and he came back with uh, the Charlie Puth record, yeah. which was huge, and he kind of solidified like, hey, I ain't going nowhere. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And
1: Is that sound still something that A&R or somebody in, that in, in your position would be looking for more of that? melodic pop crossover type sound or
2: see the, the game change. W- well, the bit? crazy thing is I don't have a specific sound that I listen for. Cause yeah. I just like different shit because I hear so much stuff. You just, you, you know, if it's different, you know what I'm saying? As far as sounds for producers, some producers just have the basic kits and you can hear it. Yeah. Some producers have all the VSTs and all the extra little sounds and you can hear who's putting what into their beats. So
1: speaking of producers, so you say, um, the way you connected with Ill Will, you know, sending beats and all that. How dangerous is that? Because, <laughs> like, a lot of producers, like, man, I'm not sending my music. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get robbed. Like, how, for one, do they protect themselves from that? And then, like, what's the – how do you break that stereotype?
2: I mean, it's, it's dangerous and it's not dangerous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, if you have an email correspondence with someone, you know what I'm saying, you send your files. Mm-hmm. Some people have, like, the – the disclaimer at the bottom, oh, you'll be in <laughs> reach or whatever, whatever, confidentiality, cool. But, you know what I'm saying? If you send a direct uh, email with your intentions, then that's technically uh, communication or a pitch, you yeah. know what I'm saying, for your services. Now, let's say they ignore you and you end up hearing your shit mm-hmm. on their music several months down the road. You know what I'm saying? You would take it to the publisher, which is a person who basically owns the rights to the lyrics and the song. And you yeah. would be like, hey, here's this claim. Well, you'd have an attorney do it because yeah. it'll get done faster. Um, and be like, here's the beat. And they're going to match it up and they'll figure it out legally. But on the other note, if you send the MP3s out to someone, if it connects, you know what I'm saying? Because like, a lot of times, if you're following someone online and they're like, If you're a fan of them, you know like some of their mannerisms or whatever. If they're in the studio Mm. and they send that email address, it's go time. You know what I'm saying? You want to send that shit because that's the time you're going to get that honest ear. Right. And I know we've done that um, working with Kid Ink. He used to do the Ustream and put the email out, and we would go through all the beats in the studio. So giving real producers a chance to get their shit out. Mm. So I feel like if you never send the music out, it's never going to reach anyone. So, if you put it out, if it reaches someone, cool. But it's gonna come back. You know what I mean. But if you also register your tracks on ASCAP or BMI, you know what I'm saying. There's a digital print that's there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they can always match up the audio sound.
1: I think that's an important part of the game that a lot of artists don't understand either: is registering and publishing and all that. Um, Nowadays, with sound exchange I know that's that's a big one sound like big. just what's some knowledge on you know how to get your music registered and published
2: well, I don't know well, I recommend ask cap or b m i or C-SAC. but before that, man, start thinking of a business like create your business entity, get your l l c or your sole proprietorship, um the secretary of state pay the five hundred bucks yeah. or whatever it is per state, and get that registered and then sign up your company, yeah. you know what I'm saying, as the artist profile and the publisher. Because you want to have your writers, you want to sign up as a writer, and you want to sign up as a publisher. Right. Because you want to publish your own music at the end of the day. Yeah. Once you sign a publishing deal, you want to partner with the publisher instead of partnering the artist. You know what I mean? You don't ever, I mean, it just depends on the situation. But um, partnering with a company... Is way better than partnering with the artists because the artists will be out there naked. You don't want them to have direct access to yeah. the artists like that. Mm. Okay.
0: It's free game, free game. So speaking of publishing, should an oh. artist want to sign a publishing deal, or does it just depend on what
2: type of deal that it, it is? It depends on what type of deal it is. Now you can sign a publishing deal, whereas you have a, you produced a hot record and it's generating some money, and so they think it's going to. Tr- do this amount in sales so they'll offer you let's say for instance on the low end 50k so if you if you're not in a space mentally to where you can crank out tracks every week like whether you have a writer's block production block or whatever yeah don't do it you know what i'm saying because it's a real job and producers get locked into those deals and most producers don't get out of publishing deals for like six to ten years some never get out because that sound is hot now. That sound may not be hot next year. Right. So they might just got hot just off that one sound, and they can't get anything else. But with the publishing deal, if you have other writers, new writers that you're working with, it's easy to leverage. You know what I'm saying? If you're uh, a producer, you can send your beats to dope writers. The writers will get it placed faster because if they have a relationship with the A&Rs of the artists, right. that's another angle.
1: Okay. Damn. I hope y'all listening, man. That's <laughs> Take Jewels right there for real, for real.
2: I just like to keep it a thousand. No
0: doubt, no doubt. They need that man. How did you uh, how did you get in touch with King Vory or how did how did he get in touch with you?
2: Um, so King Vory oh we had a um I had an assistant who worked at a, he didn't work, he went to school at um Cal State East Bay okay. in the Bay Area. Yeah. So basically every two weeks he would send me updates of artists you know what I'm saying, that he gathered online from his own personal taste and him knowing what I listened to and, like, what I like. So King Boyd was on a list of, like, 20 artists that I went through, and I didn't know his story or anything. I was like, oh, this nigga's hard. Yeah. So then I told him, I said I like him, and then he dug some more research, and he was like, hey, he co-wrote Don't, and I was, like, lit. So I reached out to him and be like, yo, um, you have a management situation? Like, what's your deal? And I mean, he was out there. He wrote a hit record, and he was out there naked, yeah like no representation or nothing. Damn,
1: that's fucked up. So, what what would be a bad deal? Like, what's an example? Of just a bad deal. A deal that you can't no.
2: get out of. <laughs> just straight like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's not, I don't know. It just depends. Like, people can work in different spaces. It could work for anyone, really, if you play by the rules. So if your goals are realistic and it, your goals matches with the label's goals, then it can work out. But if you're an artist and A&Rs are reaching out, understand that the A&R is the guy that you're going to be working with every single day right. for the life of that contract or for the brand of the artist. And once you sign to a major deal, that's essentially for life, unless you change your artist's name. Mm. So. Or you get dropped from the label. But the A&R, sometimes they're cool. They'll get you in super gassy. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But when it comes down to get shit, then they just, some turn their back or just be like, no, this is how we're doing it. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because they're technically in charge. They're the representation of you inside the label. Right. You know what I mean? So they don't really care about you unless you're making noise. You're generating money. Mm. So whether you're a new artist or old money doesn't, or new artists or old artists, it doesn't matter. If you're generating um, a good revenue stream, they're going to put some focus on you. But if you don't have that good relationship with the A&R, then it could be a bad situation. Right.
1: Damn. The role of the A&R is very important in the game. Yes. Very
2: important in the game. And for the A&R, it's also important for them to continue to listen to new music. Yeah. Listen to all the new charts and all that because you want to keep fresh ears. You don't want to be... Because there's a lot of older guys from the game and I'm not, I'm not young by any means, but it's like, I'm not new and I'm not, I'm not new in the game either. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I have a wide range of like every genre from shit, the eighties when hip hop was created. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't know. I just try to bridge the gap, but still think progressively,
0: right? Okay. So I have a question. Is it as an artist, is it better to be hot with no connections or to have all the connections and not be hot. Ooh.
2: Hot with no connections. Why is that? Because you're open canvas. You know what I'm saying? If you're receptive, you can make the right plays. But if you're not receptive, then it can be all bad. You know what I'm saying? You could be a one-hit wonder. But um, if, you're, if, if you're hot and you don't have any contacts, someone's going to find you. So I guess your biggest challenge then is just finding the most pers- the best person that you can trust. Yeah. And it's really about a trusting, like looking for a manager or something like that. It's someone that you wouldn't mind giving your social security number to or, you know what I'm saying, shit like that, because that's a big trust thing. And the manager is going to have to act on your behalf a lot of the times. And they're going to have to know a lot of personal information and shit. So before you just look at someone because they got a lot of plugs and shit like that, like they could still be shady as fuck. You know what I mean? So it's just a lot of different factors.
1: Shit, I have a question. So... Artists, local artists, and just independent artists, sometimes they get this misconception of when somebody's on, it's just a press of a button for them to put everybody else on. Um, I don't know if you get this or not, but there's, like, let's say, hell artists and CO. They're like, all right, well, we know Swish, and Swish is on. Why he don't just put us on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> of course it's not that easy, but you want to explain why it's not that easy?
2: Well, it's not that easy because, A, Nine point nine out of ten of the artists don't have their business together. You know what I'm saying, and they don't have any music ready to go right now. Right. So and B, are they really serious? So say I'm a rapper, okay,
1: and I know you, and I'm just like, yo, my music's hot. Put me on, okay. And you like, nah, the fuck out <laughs> here. Right. Switch don't
0: fuck with me when oh. he has. He's in the position to put me on. Because it's like basically, can you put people on, or do they? really still have to go through the same process that you went through well
2: it's it's, well i guess it it depends on how you take the term put on you know what i'm saying i can get you into a serious meeting to get you a deal tomorrow yes and i think that's just as important you know what i'm saying that that's considered putting on but it's also up to me to protect that connection too like you don't want to just send anyone to that right because it's like the boy who cried wolf like you keep sending me a bunch of bullshit like I'm just going to stop answering. Yeah.
1: So you've got to have
2: your business right. you got to have, have your, your business, business right. right. And for the record, I try to help as many Colorado artists as possible. And most of the time it's for free. Yeah. But <laughs> sometimes it's it's not for free because, shit, i got a lot of shit to do. And I, I'm taking artists with relatively no traction online to at least 20 different outlets. You know what I'm saying? Online, right. whether it's top tier or lower tier blogs. But it's. Yeah shit that they don't have before
1: valuable resource yes should not be free so all this free game y'all getting right now soak this up
2: and also there's a lot of like influential people from like music journalism and politics to sports that are like following me so if it's on my channel it's gonna get some sort of unique look from someone right so it has
1: to
0: be that right look from the right people not no yeah, bullshit. <laughs> uh, speaking of things going viral, uh, there's a new artist that you're working with, uh, Raji the One. Yes,
2: Raji the One.
0: Uh, you want to talk about that? How that situation come about?
2: So, Raji, the One. Um, we have a business partner, uh, Alex Boyd. Alex Boyd. Um, he was like, "Yo, check this music out." this artist and I was like damn the nigga hard and shit so he sent it to me and Bobby at the same time me and Bobby was co-managing Vory at, t- at the time yeah. and so um, Bobby figured out that he was like wait I know this kid you know what I'm saying like he just changed his name yeah. like we were in the Trey Songs mm-hmm. camp together and shit and, and all that. that's what Bob was talking about earlier in the, uh, the conference so um, he was like he just reinvented himself mm. so we were like, cool, but what's the story? So we wanted to hear more of the story. So we reached out to him. Then he hit us back. And just to hear a story was crazy. You know what I'm saying? He just put the song on TuneCore. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just just randomly. You know what I'm saying? And Man. that shit started going ham. And um, Spotify started putting it on all the playlists, Tuma, on the back end. And and that's just from their department hearing the song and liking it. Yeah, yeah. And the demand was coming in and then like on Twitter we typed in White Girl Voice and it's just going ham. Yeah. Going ham and it's mostly white girls that love it. Yeah. And, but it's crazy because just seeing the name most people think it's an offensive song. Oh right. well, white girl voice is gonna be something <laughs> disrespectful, but once they hear it it just changes their perspective. Like, oh that was creative, yeah. you know. But um with Raji Raji was just a rare um rare case. A uh, uh, artist who he's he's seasoned now. Like he he been on tour with Trey songs, He was in the writing camps. He knew what he didn't like about the industry, mm-hmm. so he hustled up his resources and his his knowledge, and he made the song. Wow. And from that song, shit he did. We went to, we met with probably like seven different labels. You wow. know what I'm saying? They flew us out everywhere, and he ended up going with with Empire. Yeah. And um, the music that he has coming out is really great, and I feel like he's going to be an artist to really take the new Neil soul to the next level. And right. I feel like Neil soul is still kind of missing. Um, it's not as big as it used to be. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? And right. his, his sound is kind of unique. And I think some of his new music is going to be in that lane. What?
1: And he put the song out on tune core and he just kind of, yeah, he empowered himself. You like know what he I'm said, saying? Just put the music out there. Okay. Yep. Yeah. What about AD? Uh, I'm an AD, AD fan. Cause I, I just like the rawness. Of ad is that what stood out for you or how did
2: that take place well shit i met. well i guess the first time ad was on my radar was we was at the double xl concert um when Kid Ink got the double xl that year yeah. um it was at club nokia the nokia center at the staples center um we were backstage ad was on the stage with joe moses and um they had like screens in the green room and shit and ad kind Of a bigger guy at the time, and he just started breaking out in the Bernie dance before the Bernie <laughs> was popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, Dang, <laughs> he got swag, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> right. that's the first time, like, he registered in my mind. And then, um, after that, maybe like a week, a couple weeks later, um, Illwell was still working on New Hip Hop, he put one of his songs out. I was like, Oh, that's hard. Yeah. And then another one of my friends, uh, Jay Reed, hit me, was like, Yo, this dude, AD from Compton, like, he's about to work on a tape, like, you should holler at him to host it. Yeah. And I was like, Damn, that's like the third or fourth time I hear this nigga's name and shit. So, I reached out to him like, "Yo, you working on a project? Like, let's sit down and chop it up. I'll host it." The homie Jay Reed connected it, and it took him probably like three or four days to hit me back. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, he be in Hollywood." You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but he hit me back. You know what I'm saying? And once we sat down, I had a game plan for him. Like, this is what we gonna do. Yeah. And we just been rocking ever since. Oh,
1: dope, oh, dope, oh. hell yeah! And then he just got the deal too. Was that over at?
2: Uh, we got a we got a distribution deal at priority. So know. basically, um, it looked like an artist deal, but you know I'm saying we keep it a thousand. You yeah, feel me? <laughs> but um, it's just a distribution situation over there where they put out the music on a big scale and we retain all of the the artist rights and it's not an artist situation. Now in return, since they were interested in us, mm. then we get the free marketing. You know what I'm saying it's if you got the marketing a part of your deal, then. It's the extra layer
1: So is that better Than a direct artist deal Yes Definitely It sounds like it
2: Because show. you empower yourself You know what I'm saying It's just a distribution They don't own any of the masters Or have any of the rights Right And you can pull your music From that platform At any time
1: Ooh Get you a distribution deal
0: And I like how AD He really Even though he has his own sound There's something that's very Like reminiscent of Ice Cube Yeah definitely Like that intensity And that Just that straight Raw West Coast Right I agree Cause you know I'm a West Coast head
1: And like it feels like a little period where West Coast, it's back, but it still was kind of trying to find that sound again. Mm-hmm. And then AD just bust through like, man, fuck it, let's rap like we from Compton. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, and it stands out like that.
2: And and we were on that NWA shit, that wave before the movie came out and all that shit. Yeah. So we were in sync on where the culture was already going. But he is really, he is really from Compton. Yeah. And and a little unique story about him, like the only other Compton Crip is Easy E. You know what I'm saying So the next Compton That's Crip and saying. Rap Is A.D. Yeah You know what I'm saying That's That's bopping. something to stand on right there Yeah, <laughs> <Damn>. yeah. <laughs> But I mean As far as like The 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 next lineage of that Like he's the next one Yeah You yeah. know
1: Shit Shout out to Bompton, A.D. and all that Man Nah no, it's Compton it, Nah no, it's Bompton. You, you know It's, <laughs> it's <from> Compton
0: both. <laughs> It's both
2: It's both It's both <laughs> Hell
1: yeah man Who you listening to right now Aside from the artist you're working with
2: Man, I'm listening to a lot of kids, man. I got – there's this artist Lil' Tracy um, from L.A. Okay. Um, who else? I don't know. I listen to everything, man. Lil' Tracy, Xavier Wolf, um, Drake. Um, I don't know. I really like listening to independent artists, man, because yeah. – I, I, I'm on the blogs all day long so like I know what the hot shit is if I've never if I didn't hear the song I'm gonna listen to it yeah. but like as far as stuff that I like to listen to over and over I like to hear independent shit just to catch vibes what? to be honest and like Spotify and SoundCloud it's definitely a good tool and also word of mouth believe it or not like if you listen to people's opinions like yo you should check that out like just, most of the time they're on point Right. but most of the time oh, people overlook it so they don't really they don't really check it out they're just like oh okay you know what I mean? So if you actually if you actually listen to advice or just people's opinion on shit, it's like, oh, uh, there actually is something there. Yeah. As basic as it sounds, it's so real.
1: That's because, real, I mean I don't tell people about something unless I really feel it's dope or, you know, it's the opposite. Like I'm gonna talk shit about it if it's bad, but if I tell you you gotta listen to this, yeah, it's, it's probably some dope shit.
2: And it's like I was talking to um Davy Boy earlier, like, I don't wanna to I I don't wanna sleep on music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: Oh, uh, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> right. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, you, te- you was telling me there was a, this uh, artist that you missed out on, that you slept on, and now he's popping. Now, Who, what artist was that?
2: I mean, there, there was a couple artists, you know what I'm saying? There was this, uh, this pop chick. Her name is Rita. Um, she had a big song on Spotify, and uh, she was talented, but I'm not, I don't have a pop background. I could figure it out and yeah. put her in the right spaces, but I wouldn't do her any justice by just trying to jump on the opportunity to help her you know what i mean so it's just like damn but i didn't put the extra leg work in but i could have just put a little bit more time in the week and that you know what i'm saying now yeah. the song is huge and um she's cracking another artist joey fats yeah. joey fats reached out and shit nigga it was like <laughs> it was like 2009 i'm like i didn't know what the hell i was doing then you know what i'm saying yeah. like he was like, uh, it was crazy because this was like a couple years ago. He was like, he was like, hey nigga, check your DM on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, I was like, damn. He was like, nigga, I reached out to you. You know what I'm saying? When I was young, and you never hit me back. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I went to my now I'm hot, they all on me. I, <laughs> but I went to I went to I went to the Twitter. You know what I'm saying? And sure enough, that nigga's DM was in there, I was like, I ain't never, I ain't never missing another DM, another email or nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Joey Fats, shout out to Joey Fats. Um, he's doing his thing right now, you man. know what I'm saying? And um, literally from that day on, I was like, I'm not sleeping on nothing else. Like I'm going through every song, every beat, everything.
0: I felt that way when I was going through uh, old emails, and I had found like this old uh, <laughs> record that I did that Megan Trainer had demoed from like 2012, and I'm like, Megan Trainor? Had to double check the name. I was like, man, <laughs> damn, I need to. I just learned like not to sleep on any any name or anything that comes through you know the the inbox the dms or anything because you know you, you, never, never, know. Know. you never know you
2: never know but on the flip side though people i didn't sleep on was uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> talk
1: to them nah, but,
2: but um i don't know if y'all well, y'all probably heard this song millie rock the dance yeah, so i seen the video like right when it first came out i was like oh this is out of here yeah. out of here so i ripped it i ripped the video and i made the mp3 and i put it on my soundcloud this is before universal put all the copyright shit and on soundcloud so i was one of the first people to post that shit on soundcloud and now it has like 6.6 million plays later so i i feel like i broke the record online because i was the early adopter and i reached out to two millie told him yo don't take it down like i'll link to soundcloud the producer judo reached out and actually the anr who signed uh judo didn't even know about the soundcloud presence yeah. you know what i'm saying i'm like that's crazy you <laughs> know what i'm saying but um yeah and that's then good I, to
1: know man if you don't let nothing pass you anymore wow i
2: break records my soundcloud is it got some little sleepers on there but that's that's kind of my resume i got some other shit that i'm working on a new digital platform for artists that's going to be really good
1: okay where, where you want to talk about that a little bit
2: <sighs> it's called digital currency i okay. can say that and it's a digital music platform so um
1: Digital currency, watch out for that. Digital currency,
2: hey. it's okay. going to be lit.
1: Cool, I got a, I got a selfish question.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll be trying to soak up games get as much paid, as I can. It's all good. I'm saying, bro, so me, I work with a lot of different artists, different talent, just around the city, and just in general. You know, everybody, everybody shoots me music all the time. Before, I never thought nothing of it. It's just whatever, so I always get music, and it's... Let me, let me know what you think it is, blah, blah, blah. So now I'm kind of at a point where, you know, if I say something's dope. Get that bag. People people think it's dope. If I say it's whack, I might kind of fuck you off in the game. So how, I'm trying to figure out how do I leverage that, you know, and like the word A&R keeps getting tossed out there. Like when we when we were talking to Mike Gomez and he was kind of just structuring the levels and all that. telling me what's what. And I'm like, man, I'm at a point where I'm just trying to, Get my foot in the game because there's a lot of artists that come to me and they're dope and they're just like help me and I'm like shit I don't well, so I w- could just connect you with people at this point I don't really
2: but that's what you do though you that's what, what you mean? connect so them you I'm help to get
1: a bag for doing that <laughs> that's what well, that's what I'm trying
2: to do well that's the thing it's just like all right if if you guys want access to my to my uh, connections yeah. you know what I'm saying you got to pay me a consulting fee. You know what I'm saying? Like but you're gonna have to have like a couple instances of you just connecting someone and them seeing some sort of success, whether it's a placement or someone records right, to their mm. beat or they play it. But I feel like once you get that first example of uh making a play for somebody, mm. the word of mouth is gonna start coming. And right. then you're gonna find the money's gonna trickle through the holes. You know what I'm saying? And right. that and they're gonna be big nuggets too. Yeah. Because you're essentially you're still doing a, a free service per se. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But that's still part of the the practice, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But um, just by funneling the right shit, the, the dope shit that you like personally, yeah. you send to like somebody like me or Mike Gomez or just someone who's an influencer that can get it to someone. Right. And as long as you can educate them on if it's a producer or an artist, if it's target market on whoever they're trying to reach, you know what I'm saying, it'll right. increase the chance of the success. Okay. But if it's just, like, a blind shot, like, just send it anywhere. Like, that yeah. doesn't help anyone. Right. You know right. what I mean? But if there's a laser focus on it, then there's just no bullshit. Straight up. You know straight. what I mean? And if if you send it to me and if I like it, I'm going to try my hardest to, yeah. to make something with it. But it's all word of mouth. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm trying to link up with several people like you across the U.S. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, we can be a hub for just new talent, That's you true. know, and just help
1: share the resources you yeah, know what I mean it's and, out there man like like you said with the networks earlier and you just keeping a log of the people that you come contact with I do that too and recently I was just like damn like I kind of know some people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I want to just put all these pieces together and make it make sense for everybody. Yeah, so. and,
2: it's, and it's just like, just don't, just don't be the nice guy. You essentially got to be an asshole about it because yeah. people just want a bunch of free shit from you. But Facts, as you know, from doing graphic design, everybody want free shit. Yeah. I try to get free shit from you before, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. But it's like, it shit gets annoying, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, the, the more you can be asked for money up front, you just set that tone. Right. And niggas know that, yo, you go to graffiti, you better have a bag. But right. if you have the bag, you're gonna get some results. Yeah. You know what I mean? One that part.
1: That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I appreciate that, brother. Shippie, shippie. <laughs> and what do you do when you run into an artist that's just like, damn, man? Like well,
2: they, well, to be honest, to be to be complete honest, most of the people that I grew up like idolizing in music and stuff, they turn out to be assholes. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, damn, I wish I would have never met you because yeah. like it just ruined my whole opinion of everything. So it's just like. But do you also also have to be realistic too. It's just like maybe they were in a different space at the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of have to give it a, a fair shake on that one. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Have you have you ever had to deal with an artist? that was just like, just so like, all right, nigga, this ain't gonna work.
2: Yes, I have.
1: <laughs> How was that? How was that?
2: I mean, it's just.
1: You ain't gotta say Cash's name. Or yeah, you no, Cashmere's name. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm not gonna
2: say any names or anything, but just. I mean, when when the artists just think they just know it all, like, it just becomes tough. Like, if you knew it all, you wouldn't need a manager. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could do everything yourself. Like, like Nick Cannon, per se. Nick Cannon does everything himself. He has a manager, but he's his manager Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's... (laughs)
1: Do you just tell them, like, man, this shit
2: ain't going to work? Yeah, you just got to be straight, straight up. up, like, it's not going to work out, and you tell them why. Yeah. And they'll get upset, but they're going to take it home and really put some thought into it. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to come back. If, if they're really serious, they're going to come back. Right. And, and try to be 100. You know what I'm saying? But most of the time, they're not going to come back because they're just trying to take advantage of you just to shine a light on them. Yeah. And come it's on, a baby. real selfish game.
1: It's a fucked up game, man. But, shit, the way the game is right now, there's a lot of artists out there just making music. You know, everybody wants to be a rapper. What should be the end goal, aside from the finances? I mean, a lot of people get in the game and don't even know why they're in it. You know what I mean? What should be the end goal of an artist right now?
2: Man, the end goal of the artist would be to set yourself up to make money for the rest of your life, man. Like Establish independent, independency. Like, put your shit on iTunes. Because once you put your stuff on iTunes now, let's say, for instance, you have a project. You put your project out today um you get a and you have other projects you, you have like two projects that you didn't put out online you have a project that you just put out online and um you get signed that catalog becomes the labels catalog right. so it's like if you had those other two catalogs online before you got signed that's revenue for you right. so once you get signed everyone goes to the back catalog and you get checks like damn near double or triple based on you know what I'm saying everyone going back to do their research so the more money the, the more songs or products you have on an independent level out there when you do make it that's all your revenue that's going to come to you so if you're not thinking of it like that that's shit that's the money you just wake up and get every month right. you know what I'm saying and right. artists don't understand that that's how you eat you know what I'm saying that's the independent shit is that every that monthly iTunes check that comes you know what I mean? And if you look at it like that, nigga, that's your rent. That's your studio expenses. It's whatever. Talk to so him. It's game right there. Clog up the system with your music for sale because now that you can stream, you can get paid. So if you don't put your music out for sale or for stream, you're not going to get paid. So if you're crying about you're not getting paid, it's your fault. All your shit's on Audio Mac. Exactly. and yeah. But now you can monetize off Audio Mac too. Why? But people don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Now yeah, you know. Now <laughs> you know. But you can. So, but... You have to go to an independent distribution platform like Empire or Foundation Media um, to do that. Yeah. Mm, okay.
1: So I I forget who I was talking to. you lucky I forgot because I like to say names. But <laughs> I was trying to tell artist that their mixtape was dope and they need to the, – well, mixtape album, whatever they want to call it. They need to get it on TuneCore, you know, and get it pushed out here in these different streaming outlets. And they were saying that they can't do that because they got to get the samples cleared. How true is that?
2: It's very true, but – I mean, to be completely honest, you can just put out whatever you want, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just depends on the people who's who's doing the, the metadata. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or once once the um, the audio file matches in the system, then it's gonna come up anyway. Right. and it'll flag it. Now if you're on TuneCore for instance, where you're just partnered with the distribution company and there's no liaison as far as customer service, they'll just take the track down if they Catch the sample. Now, if you use an Empire or a foundation type independent distributor, they have to hit the distributor first instead of taking the song down. Right. So you get at least a 72-hour window of resolution. You know what I'm saying? But you can put out anything you want. You know what I'm saying? Until you get caught. So (laughs) I don't recommend it but But if you
1: get caught that means somebody was listening. Yeah. So Exactly. And at that point it's hot enough to get and at
2: that point, I mean it's you have a legal situation, but now you have a a light shining on you. So whatever you do in that window is gonna make or break. Right. Hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. And I had a good question and it really just slipped my mind too.
1: It's, it's the, the blonde hair, bro. Like you your tips. Had a blonde moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, dang, I lost it! I lost it. Well, we could talk about uh, <laughs> we could talk about this beat battle from like years ago. Ah, uh, shit. Beat battle. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell <laughs> the, the story. Research. I'll tell the story. Tell the story. So it's a beat battle. Yeah. I want to say 2010. Paint the picture. 2010 or 11. Yeah. Ten. Medium. Ten. Medium-sized venue. hmm I'm competing in it. Oh hell yeah. Cashmere Royale is pe- competing in it. Hell yeah. Mr. Midas is hosting it. Hey, I, I was in it. <laughs> graffiti, you were in it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right. Graffiti was in it. I'm like, I know I did the flyer, but damn, I was in that battle. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead.
0: Cashmere was up against somebody. Mm-hmm. I forgot. TC Crook. TC Crook. Ooh. ooh. Dang, you remember. Uh, very yeah. No, oh, it was yeah. Good. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And
0: there's a little uh, discrepancy that broke out yeah. over who won that battle. Right, which led to, or may not have led to, <laughs> allegedly led to, a throwing of bows. Yeah, but <laughs> between you and Midas, how how are you and Midas doing these days? We're good. Right. We're cool, good. Cool, cool, cool. I saw y'all shaking hands early, and I had, and good. had to bring that up when I saw. We're y'all. good. Yeah, that
1: was like a clash of the titans, two big ass niggas. You said throwing of bows, <laughs> <laughs> they throwing have, bows. They the tallest niggas in the room. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody like, was like, "We breaking this shit
2: up." <laughs> nah, that was. I mean, I'm passionate, I'm passionate about the music, bro. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, if I have a client, I'm going to go 120%, 200 a million percent. And it's like, at the time, I felt like I was right. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, sonically, I know what he could do. I just met the TC, I didn't meet the TC guy, but I, I heard what he had. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I was just like, I felt it was unfair, so I said what I had to say. Right. Talk you to him. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's like, it is what it is. Those are all learning experiences. And I feel like, It brought it brought some of the culture back as far as like camaraderie because like what what I did in Denver, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people didn't fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? And it's cool. I didn't I didn't understand because I most of the events and shit that I was doing was I guess catered towards white people. You know what I'm saying? And in Denver it's really black or white. Either you do shit for the white people or you do shit for the black people. Right. So it's like I wanted the bag. So, you Mm. know what I'm saying? I'm going to focus my efforts on catering to the white people. Right. You know what I'm saying? And obviously I'm black, so I still have that layer. But it doesn't always translate like that. So.
0: And I think just the culture between Denver and Colorado Springs at that time, I think just – the two cities really did not mess with you, mess with each yeah. other at that. Point. It was weird. Like,
2: looking yeah. back on it like down, like we
0: really didn't no. look at Colorado Springs. No, like it's
2: definitely Denver versus Springs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying for sure. And I never really got caught up in that because I mean I went to high school in Colorado Springs, junior high. Mm. You know what I'm saying. I'm, my dad was in the military, so we moved all around. Right. Um, we moved to Colorado probably like I was in like seventh grade. Um, but this is where I got my bearings you know what i mean um but shit there's not that many people in the springs that like i guess have ambitions bigger than the springs you know what i'm saying because out of everyone that i met like or grew up with like their fucking dreams just diminished early you know what i'm saying and i never wanted to stop fighting for what i wanted to do so
0: but also so much talent came out of the springs too you had cashmere you had Booney Mayfield. Shout yeah, out to Booney. Boone. Vincent Jackson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sports, uh, but uh, Motown. Yeah, Motown. 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 Yeah, Motown. Getting, getting his work together. Getting getting his bag. Motown <laughs> hard. Hey,
2: Motown hard. I remember I seen uh when I first met Motown. I seen a, uh, a video of him at uh what's that drummer shit called? The, um, uh, the was it the um,
0: guitar center? Guitar center. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One of his drum
2: ops. He was showing out with the little spinning on his finger and. Yeah. You I you like he hard.
0: Yeah, y'all,
1: y'all got some talent up there, man. Ain't fucking with Denver, but y'all... <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I think, I think but, that, I think that nah. beef is dead. Nah, it's, it's, it's a rap. Yeah, okay. I mean, I you hope it is. Y'all. I hope yeah, it is. We definitely rock with y'all. Because
2: I, it's like, I mean, in most states it's definitely like city versus city. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like Colorado should be different, man, because it's like it's an open canvas. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like we have to pull together in order just to get the hip-hop to really push through. Mm-hmm. But, like, if there's division between the two biggest cities in the... And the state, then obviously it's not going to be progressive, right. impossible. but it, impossible. That's why I always try to reach out. Like all the niggas in the Springs, I do their tapes for free and shit too, just to help give them exposure. But the Denver niggas, I try to reach out to them. Most of them are too cool yeah. to accept my services. I'm like, cool, y'all niggas just continue to watch me win online. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tell them it's but it's like, <laughs> but it's like, listen to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not telling you no bullshit. And if I'm, if if I I charge anywhere from five hundred to three thousand dollars for any type of services you know what i'm saying i'm not saying that's cheap or expensive or not but um if i say i'm gonna do some shit for free like obviously there's a value there somewhere you know what i'm saying and if you're an artist like get off your ego and just be like yo word you know what i'm saying like let's do this and it's like part of my gift or not gift but contribution to the culture is helping people you know what i'm saying and obviously i want to start from where i'm from that's why i'm at this conference today to let people know like I'm one of you, you know what I'm saying? We from the same place, bro. You can make it, man, right. if you work hard and have realistic goals and bust your ass, you know?
0: I remember my question. All right, let's so, get it. In, so, in <laughs> this, so in the new climate of music where there's so much pushback against mumble rap, being a lover of music, would there be an would there ever be a situation where you might turn down an opportunity to work with an artist, even if they have the numbers, But because it's like it's so whack, whack. it's like I just I don't feel right in my soul (laughs) if I push this or if I can't do it. I can't condone this. I can't do it because even if it's millions of views, it
2: it don't matter because you still got to deal with the person and the artist and shit. So like if you can't stand it in your soul, then it's it's just you're doing it for the wrong reason, and there's going to be something that's going to backfire, and it may not. You might lose more than what you came in the situation with. You know what I mean? So if it if it doesn't feel good in your gut, I go off a of gut. You know what I'm saying? If it doesn't feel good in my gut, I don't roll with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, yes, people get gas sometimes. Yes, I gas people sometimes, but most of the time I'm serious, but it's just like, it just depends on the situation. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if your shit's hot, it's hot. Very. You know what I'm saying? And But I also feel like, friends of rappers and shit like that. Y'all got to be real with these niggas, man. Man, Tell them this shit is boo-boo, man. But niggas be like, oh, that shit is hard. And there be 10 of y'all niggas in the studio. But when it comes to release day, seven out of the 10 niggas ain't even going to share the cover. You know what I'm saying? But you with the nigga every day. It's just like, come on, man. It's a fucked up game, What's the deal?
1: It's a fucked up game. So I feel like, just, you know, personally, I feel like a lot of artists do it to appeal to their friends and not to the fans. Yeah um, And I think that's A fucked up way To think about it Because
2: then they get mad Like oh damn None of my homies
1: Is at my concert But then you, you ain't Think about the fact That there's no new fans At this concert either Right So they're just in the game For fucked up reasons
2: And it's it It is a selfish thing But unfortunately Artists like that Can catch a wave Yeah You know what I'm saying Because of the power Of the internet Yeah You know what I'm saying So if they service a, a niche or Some category That no one has Touched on Or could highlight Then they're gonna Catch something Now they may not have longevity. They just have that one little wave. Yeah. Damn. Nowadays,
1: man, like, how hard is it to just narrow down that that artist? Like, because I know you listen to music all the time. You're like, all right, this is dope. But what's the difference between an artist you just listen to, like, this is dope, and an artist that you, like, all right, I should pursue, pursue this artist, 14. an independent artist. Like, what would be the difference between those?
2: Well, I guess the difference is if they have management or not or yeah. assigned to a production company. So if if the artist is super dope and I'm like, I got to keep hearing this shit and I download it and I put it on my iTunes, that means it's getting rotation in my car. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, fuck. And that's all I keep listening to. Um, Then I got to reach out. And my first question would be, do you have management or are you signed to a production company? Mm -hmm. And artists, do not sign to a production company early. Like wait out as long as you can, because a lot of these artists, um, a lot of these A lot of the SoundCloud artists, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody will reach out to them and they just sign this deal because they're just so happy that someone reached out instead of actually doing the knowledge and and waiting a little bit. Then when your break does come, the label doesn't want to sign you because you signed a bad deal to a production company. Now, if you sign a production deal, the label can only do a deal with the label, with the production company owner, not the artist. So if you're signing some dude from the streets who's just like a local hustler or whatever, then a label is not going to go to a street hustler yeah. and be like, hey, I want your artist. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to limit yourself. Mm.
0: Right. So what does a production deal actually consist of? Is it just signing to a producer or is it signing to? No, nah,
2: it's well, the production, I guess, in a sense, it would be like just the whole enterprise. Mm. You know okay. what I'm saying? A production company is the bag mm. per se and the resources. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's say it's a, it's a record label. A record label would be the production company, basically. Oh, okay. Let's say um, Davy Boy Records, you know what I'm saying? And Graffiti is a new artist. You're his production company. He's signed to you. Hey, that's right. So <laughs> it's like Where bagging? <laughs> if, if, if I'm RCA, I got to come to you to get to him. That's right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, can I do business with you mm. every day? Do you have business sense? You know what I'm saying? But most artists, well, some artists are intelligent. Some artists aren't. You know what I'm saying? If you're just, if you're not, as, if you're not, as, I wouldn't say smarter than the artist, but if you don't have more business etiquette yeah. than the artist, they're definitely not going to fuck with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you're just a homeboy acting like a homeboy, then.
1: So you've got to be the face for that artist. Yeah. Still, that makes sense, man. So
2: from the production company, before you sign to them, be like, okay, cool. What are realistic how much money are they going to put into my career? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be realistic. Now, the production company can be like just sign up a bunch of artists early and just throwing them bags just to get them on retainer. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's good and bad. It's bad if they're just signing them up just to catch them down, later on down the road and not putting no resources into them. Mm-hmm. So if you're putting resources into them, then you're cultivating and curating that artist and that brand, per se.
1: Damn, there's a lot of game right here. It <laughs> so need all up. I'm about the it. I'm in the game Y'all pay attention man What about podcasts? How do do we How do we uh,
2: Podcast Hey 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 hey, I mean that's the wave right now Shout out to
1: Everybody doing something Shout out to Viceland
2: man Fuck with us But But there's
1: a lot of people Checking for podcasts right now Everyone checking for podcasts How do we get in that lane of
2: Well I'd say Just keep making shows And just keep having Like unique artists Don't limit it to just Music artists Yeah But just have more people From other other categories talk about music and talk about what they're doing because it's all ties in Definitely. and you never know who's going to listen to which segment or what people are interested in you know all what I'm right. saying and all you need is just one of the shows to go viral but I'd say consistency just keep having like the dope different topics and um, the unique guests you know what I'm saying and getting the unique content out of the guests yeah. getting them to talk about normal shit that they wouldn't talk about like for instance when Kid Ink would do an interview most of them always ask, how many tattoos do you have? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he'll be like, you. I don't want no fucking tattoo question <laughs> interview. So, you know what I'm saying? You got to screen the fucking uh, journalist. You right. know what I'm saying? To be on your P's and Q's. So I feel like as, as a journalist or the podcaster, asking the unique stuff, knowing the pass on your guests, getting that extra piece of content for their fans will help the virility.
1: Right, 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 right. So on that note, what's something you wouldn't mind telling about yourself that most people don't know. Hmm. It could be some weird shit, just whatever the fuck, right? Fun fact about Ooh. Swish.
2: I went to prison for two years. Ooh. <laughs> but, but, but through that period, I acquired my work ethic. You know what I'm saying? Real quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> I acquired my work ethic, and it's like I knew that based on having two felonies, I'll never be able to have, uh, I will never be able to get the job that I want, like from a normal nine to five. Mm-hmm. So what can I? What skill set can I acquire to be a motherfucker so people will fuck with me, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm going to be the best networker out there, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And if y'all niggas couldn't tell, I used to wear suits and ties all the time in Denver, but mm-hmm. you got to play the look, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to wear that shit, but I knew the mm-hmm. only way I was going to get respected by the people who cut checks was to dress up a little bit, you know what I'm saying, do the abnormal shit. So that, that's the route that I took, but yeah. it was, it was a, a, I guess, a... Not really a healing, but it was more of an education process for me, you know? And I became obsessed with wanting to do the right thing and wanting to laser in on the process to do the right thing, get off of parole, what are the different steps, like really fine-tuning this shit. But it's like the system is fucked up. Um, They don't want you to get off of parole that you don't have a job. When you get out, you have to finesse everything. You Mm. have to pay for UAs, and if you don't have a job, how are you going to pay for it? If you don't have family support... During the time, then they're not gonna fuck with you. But back to the block. Back but to the block. You finessed it, though. I finessed it. I had a nine to five when I got out. Um, for a year after that, I started doing club promotions and shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And shit took off.
1: How'd you How'd you get involved? Cause that's when I first met you guys. Uh, Cause I was a designer for uh, Elite Alliance, Mike Downey, and all them. How'd you even get involved with them cats over there?
2: Well, shit. Uh, we started Elite Alliance. I actually came up with the name. It was me, Mike Downey, and Jeremy Austin Miller. Um, It was just more of like three different promoters that came together to just throw big events because it was really like, oh, this is Adrian Smith Presents versus Jeremy Austin Miller Presents. Or it's just it's real ego-driven at the time. So I was like, fuck it. Let's just bring everybody together and just make the bag you know what i'm saying so we put all of our resources together we put all of our emails in one database and then so we just teamed up on the events and spammed everybody yeah. and then we linked up with the liquor sponsors told them our demographics how many people we were hitting so we were like we need a sponsored bar for one to two hours just to get the people there yeah and they started coming
1: i mean yeah because y'all when, <laughs> when y'all's doing events man it'd be like the events like and What the fuck are they doing? Like, How are y'all getting that many people in the building?
2: But it's like most of the shit, like I'd say 90% of the themes and shit was my ideas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they just helped me learn the different business components outside of it. And I just took the best parts for myself.
0: So you yeah. used the David Ruffin and they was the temptations. Um, Yes. <laughs> there we but, go. But, but, there we go.
2: But at the end of the day, um, Jeremy Osmantown split. You know what I'm saying? He's successful now doing his um, his media sharing and He's successful as well. Uh, Mike Downey's in California doing his thing. Um, I wish those guys the best of luck. But um, as far as the music, they didn't understand where where it was going. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, again, it's a culture thing. Like, are you a part of the culture? Do you really understand it? So it's like, or is it just a business model for you? Right. If it's a business model for you, then you're a culture vulture. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. You're just trying to get a quick bag, and I get it. You know what I'm saying? But I want to do this shit forever talking
1: and that's a good segue because I want to ask you um the final question but before that so I do feel like some of the top hats in the industry and in the game right now they've been around for so long and they are kind of distant from the actual culture we're in a wave now where it's like the people that came up really in this culture like really know the business and like in a couple years we're gonna be running this shit so that leads to my next question what's the end goal for you I mean do you want to you, you Russell Simmons. Like, what, what's, the, what's the end goal for Switch?
2: I mean, I just want to have, like, a big agency. You know what I'm saying? I want to have, like, artists, entertainers, models, athletes, politicians, like, just any category of entertainment or some sort of uh, figure that would be in a, a public spotlight. Right. I want to just have an agency of different different people like that
1: all up under swish
2: you know what i'm saying i mean it doesn't have to be swish or whatever company that we do form or whatever you know what i'm saying type yeah. situation but um i'm not really ego driven like even my website com. <laughs> um i didn't no, start yeah. out i didn't start out as it just being that because i just needed a website for my mixtapes yeah. you know what i'm saying just i could show people just go to see my shit but and having other artists i'm like, i'm tired of playing the blog politics you know what i'm saying so I was like, "Fucking! I'm just going to start posting my shit, all my artists, on my blog, and then the other blogs are going to catch up as once I get my contacts up. Right. So I started doing that. Then other people started reaching out to get on there and shit. So, I mean, as far as the West Coast, we definitely have the top blog, yeah. like, over Young California, DJCharisma.com. You know what I'm saying? Um, but they're all the homies. Yeah. But we just... I don't know. We just know that what we're doing, you know, and we added the podcast section. It's been really, yeah. it's been really uh, big for. Shout out to my nigga Jevon Morris. You know, what I'm saying that's my boy. Um, he's my webmaster. He holds it down, um, and he's a real he's a real um, aggregator of music too. Like yeah. he, he's he's definitely a person I trust and a confidant as far as music or what's hot too. Okay. And um, so but with the podcast, we just like yo. We want to be the first to start supporting that because that's how we get our education too. You yep. know what I'm saying? It's like I go back and listen to all the greats just the podcast because to me that's I'm just that's my audio book yeah. per se, but it's in real time instead of like a scripted uh-huh. book. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I pick up jewels. That's real. And that. so like I want to support the educators. You know what I'm saying? If you support an educator, then everyone gets educated, and money comes from that. You know what I'm saying? And outside of that, outside of the money you help bridge the gap in the culture.
1: Word. That's real. Man, we can go on forever, but I'm going to go
0: ahead and wrap you up, bro. What is it that you would like to leave with the world here today? Oh yeah, that was my part. Man, go ahead. Man <laughs> I don't know.
2: I just I don't really do interviews and shit like that, but like I felt like I wanted to give you guys an exclusive and like just give you real gems cuz this is where I started and my mind is 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 always at home too, but it's just like it's, it's just progressive and it's like I feel like the only way to start is just being organic and just being real with yourself and um, telling people what I don't know what what your mind thought. Mind, my, my, uh, I don't know. Big. You smoke a lot of weed. I smoke some trees. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Hopefully, my son's not listening to this, but word up, word yes. up. <laughs> yeah,
1: be real with yourself. And let it grow organic. Yeah, yeah, I like the weed.
2: Like the weed, <laughs> get it. Hey, we be letting you know, but we evil mean,
1: lurks. Yeah. Hey, but nah. <laughs> yo. speaking of the weed, shout out to Jay Carey in the back. Shout out
2: to, the weed. Right. Shout out to Jay, right. Jay Carey. Shout out to Green Solutions in the building too. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, um, but no, I just really wanted this to leave. Like, right. yo, you can you can accomplish anything, man, and um, just just really just just really focus on the process, man, on what those steps are, and just really try to network and network outside the state.
0: Word. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, where can we contact you at? Where can we find
2: you? You can contact me or find me at I am Adrian Swish on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere, anywhere basically in the social media platform I have a profile. Dope. So um, or you can go to my website, Adrian Also be checking for digital currency on the way.
1: Hell yeah, look out for digital currency. Hey man, we appreciate you for coming through. Let's make some notes, my man. You word, word,
0: word. Life is dope podcast. I'm Dan Graffiti.
2: And I'm Davey. Shout out to life is dope.
0: Hey yeah. Yeah. And we've got music's biggest stars all week long. Performances by John Legend, Little Big Town, Machine Gun Kelly, and Common. And appearances by Usher, Josh Groban, Queen Latifah, and more. Get ready, y'all. The Kelly Clarkson Show, all new season two. Weekdays at three on NBC Bay Area.